Hi, I'm Jason. Hi, I'm Al. Hi, I'm Mike. Welcome to the One Season Wonder podcast. Hopefully, as you're listening to this, you kind of know that the idea that we've had here. What we're going to do with this podcast is we're going to investigate famous, popular, one-season wonder... Or terrible. It could be terrible ones. Or terrible shows which have been cancelled, uh, perhaps in their prime, perhaps they should have been cancelled. They may not only be cancelled, because I know one of the shows that we've got planned is Taken, and that was that was only ever going to be one season. All right, so all right, not necessarily cancelled, but Sorry, shows I just that... Throwing a curveball in there. Shows that then lasted one season for whatever reason, and we're gonna we're gonna watch them. Hopefully, watch them. Yeah, if, if they're really bad, we may not get all the way through them. No, true. Mm. Luckily, the first one we got all the way through because it turned out that it was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, what did we watch first? Do we go straight into what we watched first? Or you no, gonna, just do you want know, a bit of background about who we are? <laughs> yeah, people are like, what are these guys? Why, why do I have to listen to them? Oh, yeah, who are we? Well, I am the um, um, famous and uh, funny, brilliant co-host of the AM Movie Show. Well, you're, you're a co-host of it, yeah. I'm what people come for, people people come for the movie uh, movie talk. They stay for the hour. <laughs> you're also the cockiest host of, uh, of us three. <laughs> <laughs> you're just jealous because everyone loves me and they don't love you. Right, just to add some background to that, what the hell he's talking about, um, Al. Uh, oh, yeah. Al. You and me, Mike, are the hosts of another podcast called The AM Movie Show. Some people listening to this may have heard of that, may have come from that, and some may not. Um, if you have, thank you. Am I supposed <laughs> to say it? I'm no one. I'm just. Yeah, so we haven't even introduced Jason yet. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> you said that already. <laughs> oh, so Jason is our co host on this show. Um, Actually, we had to make the show different to the AM show. Yeah, we so of course, Mike to get us a co host. Yeah, bring in some other idiot. <laughs> That's me. Hi. <laughs> well, also, we thought out of all of our friends, who knows probably the most about TV and would happily binge watch mm, a TV show every. Yeah. And after we went for about 50 people, we finally yeah. got to you. Good. That's good. <laughs> Just someone who will binge watch stuff. Yeah. Mm. I think that's your special set of skills okay. yeah. that you bring. No, yeah, you said, you said about knowing TV stuff. I don't really know. Knowledge isn't one of my, my strong. You're quite good with. He watched the show. The we comment on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I watched it. Yep, yeah, I saw that bit. Yep, saw that bit. I can verify that I also saw it, and it does exist as a as a part. And now your chair's squeaking. Sorry, that's your chair. Well, you're sitting on it. Stop <laughs> you're moving. You're doing your Beyonce wiggle. So <laughs> this is going to be funny. It's giving too much editing. No, it's not. It's just saying him. Um, so that's a bit who we are. We're we're three guys, just three guys. We're from uh, Essex in the UK, Great Britain. <laughs> UK, Great Britain. Any American England. listeners out there? England. Yeah, near Basildon. Near Basildon. Near Basildon. Near Billericay. Any fans of Gavin and Stacey out there? I'm trying to think where people might have heard of. Why South End is quite a famous place. Is it? It was on um, <clears throat> um, South End. Tower. Murder in Death and Paradise last night. They mentioned South End. Oh, okay. Well, pretty, pretty, that was a British show. Though I'm trying to think of what what would Americans heard of uh, London. Okay, we're near we're near to London. Okay. <laughs> um, so how did we choose Firefly for this first series? Well, what we did is we kind of. Well, you asked me a question. There. Well, you do you know how we chose? Yes, yeah, we asked Twitter. We did. We asked Twitter. So our Twitter page at One Season Wonder, we put out a, a poll 
So we had four shows, basically. A choice of four shows. Firefly. Where did you come up with these four shows? Those, you, well, we kind of formed the list between us. No, I, I gave you a list of about 50 shows that yeah, I could think of. And basically, I picked ones that I... Wanted to watch. <laughs> or that I knew were easily accessible on Netflix, Google, something that we could all uh, get hold of the show on. Okay. So Firefly... Studio 60, because I had that on DVD, so I figured I could watch it, lend it, lend it, or there might be other ways to watch it. <laughs> Awake, which is on um, a couple of streaming uh, services, and Flash Forward, which I think was on Google. So Firefly won with a massive 67%, which kind of set the tone for it being one of the most famous one-season wonders. And basically now we've got to live up to the fact that however many people voted mm. want us to do this show proud. Well, I think we've started pretty strong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we all went away. We watched the show. Some of us quicker than others. Yeah, yeah I, I pretty much smashed it within a matter of days. How long ago was that? Three weeks ago now. So, <laughs> so you were the yeah you. It was you asked me. I had on a week, so <laughs> yeah. about four weeks ago. <laughs> mm. So, but eventually we all got there. I finished it this week. I finished about a week, two weeks ago. A week ago. And we've also watched Serenity, which is the movie um, adaptation. Well, no, no, I guess it's like a sequel, but it's, yeah, it's the, the conclusion of the show. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So we may cover that in a, a sort of a bonus episode. But well, this not episode, it might just be at the end of this episode. Okay. Well, it's still fresh in my mind. I literally just finished watching yeah. it, so. Yeah. As you saw. What, did I? Oh, not you, the listeners. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you guys who just turned up in my house because <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> so Firefly... What do we know about the show before we watched it? Had you heard I of it? I actually knew very little about it other than what my friend Lee had told me, which um, I, I tend not to... I, what he says, I tend to take with a pinch of salt because he sort of will talk about a film like... Uh, what's that film like? Sharknado or something like that. He'll, oh, yeah. he'll go on about something like that. So I was like, okay, yeah, so Firefly. But he'd said about how it was good basically and how it, it had only lasted one season and he, he'd, seen he'd it? gone into it but I wasn't really listening he'd seen it he's got it on, on DVD uh, big fan maybe we should get him on yeah why is he not here well yeah I, 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 <laughs> did he say no was he one of the people that said no <laughs> <laughs> so Special he was a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so he was a fan but and that did did that not make you want to watch it mm, not initially because of, again he's he's his collection of movies is questionable when you look at it. So I was like, okay, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. He's untrustworthy. Uh, he, t- he talks a lot, he rambles on, and you kind of one of the people that when he talks, you just kind of go, mm, I wonder what I'll be doing later. And you just kind of wonder. <laughs> I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <coughs> like Al, basically. <laughs> now, see, I have the same problem because people like Mike, he like, said to me, oh, you need to watch this show, you need to watch that show. And I like, I like discovering shows on my own. There is that as well, there's sort of a certain yeah. reluctance to watch something when someone pushes with, it on you. Yeah, with a, and they don't, especially when they're bigging it up and they're saying, oh, you need to watch this, it's great. Yeah. And you watch it, and you know, well, it's not as great as they made it sound like it was going to be. I've been trying to get you to watch Banshee for years. Yeah. I just want to have a friend who watches Banshees <laughs> talk about <laughs> it, but it's not a one-season wonder. So well, there we go, I'll never watch it, then I won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you will only ever watch one-season wonder. So I would never watch a show that goes on for more than one season. <laughs> had you heard of Firefly? I had heard of it. In passing, like, I knew that Josh Whedon made it, yeah. And the only things that I'd ever heard about it, are the things that they pick up, because it's referenced a lot in TV shows, like Big Bang Theory. They talk about it, and that's the only experience I've ever had with the show is when you never watch another show and they mention it. But I never actually watched it. Never. I knew it was popular, mm. but that's really all I knew. 
Yeah, I one of the first Blu-rays I ever bought was Serenity, and I I bought it because it was like on a Amazon special offer or something, and got it. And then I think I read on the back it was uh, you know the sequel to or continuing the Firefly. Uh, story at that point you'd not seen Firefly at that point I hadn't seen Firefly so it just sat in my box of DVD of Blu-rays for years until I, I sold I sold a bunch of DVDs and Blu-rays last year and I'd never watched it so I was quite pleased <laughs> people out there I'm not going to like the fact that you had this Blu-ray Serenity Blu-ray because it's quite a popular film and you've sold that and yeah, you've watched it <laughs> yeah but that shows I guess that it, it kind of even though I knew it was out there it hadn't quite gone mainstream enough to you know, do, do you know what I mean it wasn't on TV it's not like I've, I don't think I've ever seen it on TV. It was on TV last night. Well, we were in our own houses. <laughs> no, it was on. Um, what Serenity? Yeah, it was on. Uh, oh, the, the Firefly. Oh, Serenity. Yeah, Firefly. I don't know if Firefly was ever shown over here. I think it, I read it was on Sci Fi or something in 2011. It was delayed <laughs> by years. All right, so 2002, it, it was really made up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. nine years later. So it, you would have had to really seek out Firefly to watch it. Hmm. So um, it's not not as popular here as it was in America. Bear in mind, it wasn't hugely popular in America. It, it's massive cult hit now. But it was one of the reasons it was cancelled was because of the viewing figures. Yeah, I, I thought I, I thought the figures weren't too bad though. We'll, we'll get into all of that. But they, yeah, I mean, actually, I can say now. So they had four point seven million viewers per episode. Now I don't know. That sounds like America's, America's quite a big country. Mm. I don't know what a popular show or even a, an unpopular show viewing figures would have. So I've got nothing to really base that to because how many people are there living in America? Few hundred million. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. four million out of that isn't a massive amount. I wonder if we compared it to viewing figures nowadays with the amount of shows there are, the amount of channels there are, whether mm. that would actually be considered good in 2016 compared to 20, uh, 2002. Mm. Are you searching for American? I'm looking for a figure of American popular show. Uh, Big Bang Theory. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just looking for one what the viewing figures are. I also remember hearing about the, I think Fox um, aired some of the episodes out of out of sync or not in the correct order. So yeah. that maybe that would have something to do with the viewing figures. Well, when they first made the show, Fox, the big wigs at Fox, didn't like the uh, first episode, the episode Serenity. Mm. They thought it wasn't a strong um, opening episode. So they told Josh to go away and do another another episode. And they showed episode four first or something like that. Didn't they? Yeah, which, was why would they do that? Was that to sabotage it, do you think? Or? Who knows strange. what's going on at the uh, at the Fox headquarters? Well, Firefly, for those that haven't seen it, um, or haven't even heard of it, it was it's basically, it's set 500 years in the future, uh, and it's about a renegade crew aboard a small spacecraft which tries to survive as they travel the unknown parts of the galaxy and evade warring factions as well as authority agents out to get them. So it's basically these these nine people on a spaceship kind of going on... They're sort of criminals in a way, aren't they? They, they do heists. Yeah, I guess they're kind of... Well, like a Robin Hood sort of thing of... No, not the Robin Hood. That's not what yeah, I like taking from, the, taking from the rich, giving to the, themselves. You know, they, <laughs> they, they have morals, but effectively, yeah, they are kind of stealing things to, mm. for their own welfare. Just, not. just going back to Fear Figures, sorry. Yeah. Um, the fifth season, open review of figures over 14 million. A big bang. Yeah. Right. So that just, so just that's obviously the fifth season. Mm. Right. It's but quite... that's the most successful show in America. Maybe we should have picked a. Well, you <laughs> told me the show. I did. Okay, so that's in <laughs> comparison. Yeah. Four million, though, compared to 14 million. Mm. 10 million more. <laughs> but it doesn't sound that bad, considering Big Bang is huge. And Firefly was quite a low budget. Well, no, because one of the other reasons it got cancelled was 
the cost of producing the show. Mm. Um, apparently Fox thought it was too expensive for the viewing figures they were getting. Uh, they, the viewing figures weren't high enough for them to justify keeping the show on the air. Well, we're, I think we're going to get into a section later where we talk about why it's cancelled and things like that. Should we say what we thought of it first? Now yeah. we've just finished it and it's kind of fresh. I thought it was very yeah, I thought it was very good. I sort of well, I was looking forward to watching more of it really, and then the, obviously the made me more excited to watch the film. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I did try to watch the film years ago. I know we'll get more into the film later. So mm. yeah, yeah. And because I'd never watched the show, the film it wasn't bad, but I just didn't really get it. Didn't make as much sense as yeah. it would have. Yeah. Now, then when I watched the film recently, after I watched the show, the films are like it's brilliant. Yeah. You sort of know a bit about the characters and everything, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Did they do... Well, I guess this is getting into the film. When I watched it, the other, it's hard now to, to compare how it would be watching it without knowing anything. Because it didn't... It felt that they set the characters up a bit, but they didn't show... I thought that they might show flashbacks from Firefly. You know, like they mm. sometimes do... Oh, put, put, put parts of the show in the film. Yeah, to bring you up to speed a bit with it. But they did just go straight in. Yeah, I think the, the film, I feel like I'm with it later, is made for fans mm. you know you've got to go to that film knowing who these characters are because they don't really introduce no. much but if you yeah, happen to watch it mm. and you weren't a fan and mm. it kind of that first little montage not montage but that first scene where they're kind of it's moving through the ship all the conversations say oh can you go and tell your husband this so it's like oh instantly you know that she's married to him and mm. where's Kaylee oh she's in the uh, she's fixing the engine or whatever so in that five minutes they try and introduce all the characters yeah but yeah, it doesn't really substitute for a whole yeah season fourteen of, episodes yeah. or something. <laughs> but in the um, second episode of the show, because they had to, because Fox weren't going to put the first episode as filmed, and they, they, they didn't air it as the first episode. So the second episode, they reintroduce all the characters again. Right. So if you watch that second episode again, you'll see that they say, "Oh, she's my wife." What you do, my wife? Remind right. me of the second episode. What's what's the, the storyline of that one? Second episode is the train heist. Train one, yeah. Um, I think it's called train heist. I might be wrong. Oh, is that where they take all the medicine? The, the train drug. No, no, that's that's about halfway through. Oh, what am I th- what's the train? One? I'll give you the the yeah, a brief. Is, uh, uh, that is the one, yeah. Do they want to take medicine off the train? Yeah, the train, yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. it's like it's, it's some sort of medicine, isn't it, for for people? So I'm pretty sure they give it back and tell the other guys they can't do the heist, and then they have some sort of fight if I remember correctly so that was actually the pilot that was that, that, that was, was the new pilot yeah that's the episode they aired first right okay right so they did had to reintroduce all the characters again so what did you think about um I really enjoyed it it took me a while to get into it um like I can sort of agree with the uh people at Fox who thought the first episode isn't good enough for a introduction to the show because mm. it's quite slow it starts off with this war and then it goes in quite a, a slow story introducing all these characters mm. I can sort of understand from their point of view that they want it something that's really action-packed that really grabs the audience and gets them interested in the show. Now, the first episode, it does all that. Well, apart from being it's sort of action-packed, but there's quite a lot of scenes where it's quite long, drawn-out scenes just to give the background and history of these characters. Yeah. But once I got into the show, but I think the episode that's about halfway through, um, Out of Gas, that, that had the story of all the backstory where uh, you sort of see flashbacks of how they all became parts of the crew yeah that's when I really got oh, to the yeah. show I remember that see more of the war and stuff hmm. initially I think the war the war scene was quite good I'm sort of intrigued as to still know much about 
or the war or why what led to what it. led to the war and I thought there might be a bit more of that maybe he would have expanded had it, there been another season yeah because they could have shown more flashbacks to show how they even got to because you don't really if you kind of know in, I feel like you do know the characters but you don't really know do we oh no we do know how uh, Wash and uh, his wife met I guess you you see them first meet don't you? yeah because yeah. he didn't like it to start with yeah mm. Yeah, see, I guess you do get a bit of backstory, but it'd be good to have more flashbacks. Yeah, that's probably, well, if the show had run longer, because originally they wanted to run for seven years. Mm. Josh Whedon came up with the idea of the show. He created this show after a Buffy and Angel. He decided he wanted to do something different. So uh, he based this show as a, as a, um, a book called... Uh, it's based on the Killer Angels book, okay, which is a Civil War book. And that's where he got the idea of the show. And then he added the space element to it, I guess. Yeah, because it's sort of he wanted to do something where it's rebuilding society. So to do something different, mm. so they decided to set it five hundred years in the future, mm. where okay, it's in the future. Like you know, um, background of the, the story of the story of the show is that um, the, the Earth has can't support life anymore. Like, our population has outgrown the planet Earth. Yeah. So they all leave to go to another solar system. Where they terraform a load of planets, yeah, and uh, there's the inner ring of planets, which is run by the alliance. The alliance, yes, mm-hmm. and then there's the outer ring who uh, want want to be left alone, but the alliance want to govern everything. Mm. So then there's a civil war breaks out, and uh, that's when you start. The, you join the show at the point where that civil war is coming to an end. It's the last battle of it. Yes, much, yeah, it? and that's where you meet the characters. We meet um, Mal. And his co-pilot, not co-pilot, second command. Yeah, I read that the planets on the outer part, outer ring, were kind of <clears throat> unsupported, to, which is why they're all like dry and deserty and western looking. Yeah. Whereas the inside ones are the ones that are they made, have all the technology, and which is why they look kind of Japanese or American hmm. because they're like supported, which is quite interesting. I thought that kind of explains. At first, I saw it and thought, "Oh, it's just, is it trying to be too gimmicky? Is it just like a, trying to be a Western in space?" But at least they've actually given it a reason. Yeah, and it sort of makes sense that um, on these planets where they don't have all this, um, they've just got there. They haven't built a power station and all this, so it's more likely the hood of them having horse and carts than it is them having cars and and all that stuff because they've only just oh, well, they've only just set up there. Yeah, yeah. new civilization. Yeah. What did you think of the show, Mike? I, like you, started off, I was intrigued by it, like that first one, and, and but I wasn't hooked, I wasn't desperate to go straight on and watch. And that's why it took you longer to get through it? <sighs> no, because I knew I, I had to, and I, I knew that I needed to for this, so I, I was always going to, I guess that hel- that helped, whether I would have carried on if I, you know, wasn't doing this show. I don't yeah, know. So, so say they edit now, you had no knowledge of it at all, mm. and that was the first episode. Yeah. Like, would you think, well, I don't, that, that's something I want to watch, see where that goes. I think now, because of Joss Whedon, because of everything he's done since, mm. and how how well-known he is now, I'd probably be more intrigued. Although I did watch Angel, and mm. I knew of Buffy, so I was a fan back then. I don't know why. Maybe it just... But because it, wasn't, it didn't really get aired over here. Yeah, we wouldn't have had the chance to. We would have mm. had to watch it on DVD. But mm. I'm glad I did stick with it, because although it had some slow parts and it, the thing is it's the, not the sort of show where you can just be on your phone or your tablet or something while it's on because mm. there's a lot of dialogue I know there's mm. a lot of action but there's mm. also a lot of 
Backstory. There's a lot of information that you get out of the show and stuff that you, you miss. You think, well, I didn't get that because you weren't paying attention. Yeah, and I did do that. At some points I was on my phone and then I thought, oh, I, I've, I've missed important chunks here. But I'm glad I stuck with it because you, you really get into the characters. They're a good mix of personalities and they're, they're quite like extremes, mm. some of them. And I was intrigued to see more, and that's why it was good. Then, as soon as the show finished, to be able to think, "All right, we can go straight onto the show, onto the movie," because I guess most people had to wait well, three it, years. Was it two thousand two? What film? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, each episode it was fairly kind of self-contained. They had um, what? That's probably what binge watching it and kind of all in one hit. You can't necessarily remember. You know, exact, exact bits or particular bits or if it was kind of like, I don't remember there being like a sort of cliffhanger episode where you think, well, I've got to watch the next one. Because mm. I know there are people out there who absolutely love the show and because we've only just seen it once. So there are people out there who've seen it hundreds of times yeah. and mm. they know every little bit of it. Yeah, we're new fans compared to fans that have been petitioning to get it back for, yeah. Yeah. what now, But now years. I want to join that petition because I like the show so much. Well, are they still running the groups? <laughs> <laughs> well, there must be someone out there trying to get that show back on air. Well, we were saying before we recorded that it's probably, these groups are probably even more hopeful now that Joss Whedon's left Avengers mm-hmm. because there's a chance, I guess, that he could go back to it. He could do. Um, I think, well, the fans, the reason probably the film got made in the first place yeah because I've never known it before like a show that got cancelled after 14 episodes to then get a big budget movie made out of it and I, I don't I can't think of any other instances of that happening mm. before or since yeah. yeah well there's I've got some uh, some facts later about how the fans helped it get made mm. should we talk about the characters yep because we've kind of mentioned a few names I've not really said what, what their kind of parts were who played them hmm so yeah. what do we think of... What would we do this in? Well, I guess... The, the captain first. Captain first. Yeah. So um, that's uh, Mal, or Malcolm Reynolds, played by Nathan Fillion. Yes. Have you got the same... <laughs> I've got the list of the characters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mal, Mal. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the owner and the captain of Serenity. Hmm. Um, and he's a former sergeant in the Battle of Serenity Valley, which is that one that we yeah, see so, at the start. So we'll start this is, he's the first character you're introduced to. So what did we think of Mal... I think he's a really good character. He's a good leader. Mm. And uh, Nathan Fillion, he really does embolden that character. You can't think of someone else playing that character as good as he does. Yeah, he plays it very well. He's got all elements of bravery and, and, and comedy yeah. or humour in it. It's good because um, as a character, those none of those people on that ship have to be loyal to him. They're not in, like, they don't have to stay on that ship. If they want to leave mm. anytime, they can. Mm. But they respect him enough to stay and follow him. If he says, right, we're going to go off and fight these people, they, they will stick with him. They will they trust him. Even though he is quite harsh to them at some points, and he does sort of say, it's my way, and if you don't like it, get off the ship. Yeah. He seems to say that a few times, I think. He does, yeah. He doesn't make a point of saying, this is my shit, my rules. Sort of like Rick from The Walking Dead. Where yeah, comparison, good comparison there. As, as a, He's a leader that he kind of runs things his way, and if you don't like it, you can you know where you mm. can go, sort of thing. Um, actually, as we're discussing Mal, I'll read a section of an email that we've had from a, a fan of the show or a listener. Um, Chris, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Chris, uh, he, he does a podcast called Faces and Aces, LV, which is Las Vegas. Chris emailed, and actually I've not seen this comparison anywhere else. I'm particularly interested in your thoughts on this, Al, because I know you like it, but also Jason. He okay. says... Also you. You'll get it in a minute. <laughs> so Chris says, I describe this show to my friends as the Han Solo adventures. 
If the Empire had defeated the Rebellion in Star Wars A New Hope, this is how Han would live his life. Han Solo, or in this case Malcolm Reynolds, leads a small group of honest criminals who just want to make a living and stay out of the Empire's way. They fly around the universe in the Millennium Falcon, or Serenity, looking for jobs. Sometimes they get into trouble with Jabba the Hutt, style crime bosses, and sometimes they have to fight the evil Empire. But that's where the similarities to Star Wars end. There are other similarities, especially the last episode. Right. Which, um, when they, the last episode of the show, a bounty hunter climbs on board the ship. Now that character, when they came up with that episode, basically, Josh Whedon said, Boba Fett. Right. That character is based on Boba Fett. So this is Jubal Early you're talking about, right? On, yes. On Firefly. Yes. Oh, I, I liked him as a character, actually. He was very, quite He was a, a very good character. You know, because obviously the show's not on the air anymore, but it sort of ends with, he could come back. Mm. He can't, because the show's not on the air anymore. But you'd hope, because he's a character good enough to come back. He maybe does, in something that I'll discuss later on. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so there are, there, are, there are a lot of similarities to Star Wars. I had heard that, and I did pick up on that. I did, I did think that when I was watching it, I was thinking, this is um, Han Solo. Okay, so you can see that comparison. I can very much see that comparison. I agree with... I hadn't heard that comparison, actually, and I can see it now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. He's got the same cocky sort of attitude, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Laugh in the face of danger kind of approach. So thanks, Chris, for the uh, <laughs> for putting us on that theory. Gina Torres, uh, she played Zoe. Zoe Aliane Washburn. So she's the second in command on Serenity, and she's a wartime friend of Captain Reynolds mm. and the wife of Wash. What do we think of Zoe? Out of all the characters, because there's quite a big cast, there's nine main cast members. All of them are quite important to the plot, and hers, I think, is the most is the most little. It's not that she's she doesn't deserve to be there; she's a good character, good actress. Mm. But out of all of them, I think she's the has a little, most little input into the, the show. Do you think? Yes, my opinion could be completely wrong. Mm. What, in terms of what she does? What she no, no, she's she, 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 she reboots, but everybody else has got this backstory and stuff that's going on that you sort of pick up throughout the show. Hers, I don't see it. Apart from being kind of loyal to the captain, she doesn't really have much of like a sort of... Not a per- I don't say she doesn't have a personality, but it, she doesn't have any kind of traits like the other characters do. Yeah, she's quite a hard woman, isn't she? She's, yeah. quite, she's got a sense of humour, but... I guess she's is she is she sort of almost two dimensional at some points, perhaps. But I suppose that kind of maybe the way that it's filmed and a lot of the emphasis is on the captain and Mao. Yeah, that, that's just how it is. And there was nine characters, I guess. So then there was eight. There was eight other characters to give attention to. Mm. Do you think there was maybe too many characters? Because I, I think I read that they were initially going to have five. I've had seven. Oh, okay. And then they went up to nine. Right, okay. Yeah, but I don't know which seven they were, whether she was one of them. But I did hear something else that in, they wrote, wrote that character in case uh, Nathan Fillion's character, Mal, didn't work out and people didn't believe him as a captain. They had this other character that they could put in that place. So that's why she's there originally. I, oh, really? I, I, read, so that, I read that. So if, if he didn't work out, they'd get rid of him. Yeah. They'd bump her up as bump the captain. Up. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. You're listening to the One Season Wonder Podcast with Al, Jason, and Mike. Follow us on Twitter at One Season Wonder or email us at OneSeasonWonder at gmail.com. Okay, so the next character, um, I hope you pronounce this right, Alan Tudick as Hoban Wash Washburn. 
You didn't. We did, so we didn't really know his full name until the movie, which we won't mm. reveal how we know it. But because yeah, he just wash, to wash for the wash. entire thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, now he's the pilot, and uh, Zoe's husband. And Zoe's husband. Now I feel that he's more the comic relief for the show. Mm. Right? Now mm. they are all funny. They've got their funny moments, but he's more of the comic relief than anyone else. That's how I feel. I don't. I don't. Know. I think he's got some good. He gets some good lines, some good one-liners. Um, mm. No one necessarily say it was the comic relief. Um, he's always cracking a joke at the sort of tense periods, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily take you out of the out of the. No, they're not. When I say comic relief, it wasn't like they're just cracking jokes all the time. They were. He did have serious moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all of them, he's the one that, and maybe he does that when he's scared or nervous or whatever. But mm. yeah, I know what you mean. He's kind of the, the comic one. But maybe it's because. Um, we're going to what they've done after, what they did afterwards. Mm. But I know him from the Nice Tower, where he played a comic character in yeah. that. And okay. that's when I first saw it. I thought he's going to be playing that same character again. He doesn't. Obviously, he's an actor, but he's different sort of characters. Mm. But that's how I remember him from. So I see him as his comic role. Wikipedia describes Wash as deeply in love with his wife, which I think yeah we will get. But then also they express his jealousy over his wife's war buddy relationship and unconditional support of their captain. Yes, I can see that. Especially in the episode where they're being tortured. Especially in war stories, yeah. yeah. But he does kind of... I guess he, he digs at it a little bit throughout, doesn't mm. he? Like, it's kind of... You can tell he's fed up by the fact that as soon as the captain calls her, she, she'll go. Mm. Or she'll go on all the missions... They'll go on all the missions together, won't yeah. they? He may... He sometimes feels second best yeah. to Mal. He gets a bit jealous, doesn't he? Mm. But then, if you're married to a war veteran... Mm. Who's who's the he, second in command of a ship? He, I guess he kind of should have yeah. expected it. Because he is her... He is her commanding officer. She's got this respect for him. Even though they're mm. not in the war, so she doesn't have to do what he wants. Mm. But I guess she's used to that. But she respects him and she trusts his leadership. Yeah, they, they, Wikipedia describes him. He's, he's very light-hearted and tends to make amusing comments despite the severity of any situation. Um, and he joins Serenity despite being highly sought after by other ships. Do you remember that reason why he wanted to join from, that, from the episode where you see, see all the flashbacks? Did he just want to... Oh, he joined pilot training just to see the stars. Mm, I remember that. I'm saying that. But it doesn't say why he joined Serenity. Okay. All right, so that's Wash. So next is Marina Baccarin as Inara Serra. She's the, the companion. She's a companion. Um, Do you know what a companion is? It's the first time I've seen an actual description of it. Well, she's a... Um, as, as from the show, she's a prostitute. Um, they describe they, they describe it slightly nicer. They say, you know, <laughs> oh, nice. "I could have yeah. said a whore," which I do call her that in the well, show. What, yeah, Mal constantly <laughs> refers to. Uh, they describe it as the 26th century cross between a geisha and an escort or mistress who rents one of Serenity's small shuttles. Hmm. Yeah, that they in the well, whatever year it's set. Twenty one fifty seven. Did we say? So I thought it'd be fair. Oh, twenty five seventeen. Yeah, yeah. twenty five seventeen. Yeah. So and um, they have a lot of respect, are So even them saying. Mal says having having her on board gets them in places where they normally wouldn't be able to go. So in the five hundred years, it's considered it's not as sleazy as that as we see it now. Mm. It's sort of grown out of that, which is strange. Really. It's a strange choice to make. I mean, maybe that will happen one day, but it's an interesting choice to make a prostitute, or you know, as they say, it's slightly better an escort. Well, she chooses the. Uh... Or not she chooses but she can sort of you know say no 
yeah, so yes, it's yes, yes. like it's just a prostitute where she just has to go, yeah. Right, Doing it for the money. She's, yeah. yeah, she's got the choice of who mm. she can sleep with. Yeah, and you're, yeah, you're right. It says that it, it gives the crew um, more legitimacy and access to places that they wouldn't be able to without her. And her and Mao have this kind of yeah, tension, don't they? For yeah, the there's series. this romantic, well, they won't they type thing throughout mm. the series. Which is a bit frustrating at some points because you just kind of want it to, or want one of them to say something. But I guess that's the point. It's supposed yeah, because because be... it was if well, I assume in the long run of the show, if it had gone on forever, they would have explored that more and more and more. They couldn't have done that in the first season, I don't think, because mm. it would have just got away this this sexual tension between them. Yeah, and they would have ended it there. And think, well, now where do we go? They were the best. I think it was the episode where he. Um, is it Christina Hendricks is his kind of wife or whatever or you think mm. uh, you're not entirely sure and then she he gets poisoned by her doesn't he yes um, not poisoned but not sort of unconscious or whatever from yeah. from the kiss yeah. yeah and then she does his work as she kisses she, him because he's unconscious. unconscious and then the, right at the end when he goes oh and you sort of think that the penny's dropped and then he it doesn't get it he just goes oh you kissed her and, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that was, that was good. Yeah, that was good because they could have gone for the obvious there. They could have had him figure it out and they'd have got together, I guess, but he kind of spun it. Um, yeah. That was uh, quite a good funny ending, I thought. And yeah, they've got the kind of weird relationship where they, they obviously like each other, but they're sort of, they have this, they're kind of, they're nasty to each other, really. He calls her it's a whore. It's a love hate relationship, but. Yeah. She, uh, no, yeah, he calls her a, for, a whore. She calls him a petty thief and men, like sort yeah. of knocks his job, I guess. It's, it's kind of flirty banter or flanter if you will flanter mm. <laughs> I've got some strong yeah. flanter yeah. flanter game is strong yeah. <laughs> also he gets very jealous of her when he sees her I think the second or third episode and he ends up fighting some guy because he gets so jealous seeing her being treated horribly mm. by this client yeah it must be hard for him I guess if he is kind of in love with her mm. to know that she's off with these other men mm all the time it must have been hard but then he's, he doesn't seem like the sort of guy that would admit that to anybody no. or to himself he's just how he deals with it is getting, mm. you know, getting angry or getting sulky or just ignoring her or having an argument with her normally mm. uh, but I like their relationship I liked, and I thought she's really good actually she's um, she's yeah. big at the moment because she's in Deadpool and she's also been in Gotham and Homeland bad, yeah. so she's uh, I know in a minute we're going to kind of talk about what they've done since but she's probably done the, the best mm. I'd say Adam Baldwin as Jane Cobb is the next one. Mm. Now this is sort of I would, would you say he's the opposite of Mal because Mal's very you know cares about the crew and everything. He cares about money. He's he's out for he's himself. Kind of out for himself. One he was almost like the Han Solo character, but just not quite as clever. He was a bit more of just the muscle. He seemed the he? muscle, fairly kind of two dimensional character. Kind of what you see is what you get, mm. but. But there, there is more to it, and as the show goes on, you sort yeah. of get that he does have these moments of kindness. It's very few and far between. And if someone um, offered him enough money, he'd turn his back on that old crew. Because yeah. when he joins the crew, you see that he only joins it because they offer him more money than the people who he's currently working with. Yeah, he holds yeah. Mal at gunpoint, <clears throat> doesn't he? And then Mal just offers him his own bunk <clears throat> and more money. Yeah. So he leaves the partners and comes on board. And And... I think I found him hard to kind of get attached to because he kept doing things that would annoy you, like he, where he'd, he'd try to, I think it was, 
uh, Ariel, where he tried to oh, where he tried to um, get Simon and River yeah. taken by the Alliance. Yeah, but it doesn't work out for him, and uh, Mal obviously figures it out. Mm. And uh, but he asked Mal not to tell anyone else that, he, that yeah. he did that because he so he does care what they think of him. I guess so. Yeah, I guess he, well, at least he he doesn't want it to be. He doesn't want to be kicked off the ship, I guess, or he doesn't want them to think badly of him. But then he shouldn't do things like that. So it was kind of frustrating. He was similar to Lewis Litt from Suits. Does anyone watch Suits? I don't watch Suits. You watch bits of Suits, I know who that is. but I'd... So he's, he's the kind of villain, if there is a villain in, like in his yeah. law show. Um, but actually, it's got... Um, you kind of end up liking him, but initially don't. You, you like him, but then it, as soon as you start to like him, he does something... To yeah. screw the main characters over, and I think Cobb had a bit of that. Mm. He's also the only character, only character to have his own theme. Because <laughs> there's an episode where he goes back to a moon, where um, he is a hero. He's a hero. He's got a statue, mm. and they got and they wrote, wrote songs about him. So, <laughs> so because I mean, he, well, yeah, that was basically because he. It was some money accidentally. Yeah, wasn't it? it was, <laughs> that was but, quite a funny episode. That was good. Yeah, it was probably one of the better episodes. He um, he's described he, in on Wikipedia it says he, he tends to act like a lummox, but he actually kind of gives the impression at some points that he acts dumber than he is. So does he use that as as his character? He is the dumb one that that says or asks the questions that people don't want to. Is what they say here. Even though he's a macho character, he has. Massive fear of Reavers. We've not mentioned Reavers yet, have we? No, no. You see more of them in the movie, but they're yeah, they do of, mention them a bit. They're but... almost zombies mm. from what we see in the movie. Do we see Reavers in the show? They, they, they don't. You don't see them. You see the effects of them. And there's one episode where you slightly just see a glimpse of one where he's not a full-on Reaver. Mm. They, they are mentioned more than they are. Well, the film explains their origin. Oh, yeah, and and actually, one one side of um, even though he's got this kind of hard you know uh, personality he actually keeps mentioning his mum do you remember he, and he sends m- money back to his mum and stuff like that so they, I guess they added that to add a bit of sensitivity to him maybe mm-hmm. so did we like him the actor as well Adam, Adam Baldwin. Baldwin yeah um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he was a good character actually to the, and a good addition to the uh, to the whole dynamic of the ship because he and he also introduced some conflict in there, and I think that works well. Yeah, yeah, I think conflict there, and the way that he he is bigger and maybe stronger than the captain. Yeah, so it was almost you almost felt like if they actually really went at it, because there was the episode where um, um, where Mal gets married. Yeah, and he's coming out. Um, Mal's coming out of a room, and Jane's standing there with his gun, mm. and you think, oh, she's about to go down here. And he tries to give him. He tries to swap his gun. Trade his gun for his, his wife. For his wife, which is true, <laughs> because he's named that gun. He's, he cares as much about that gun than Mal does yeah. as well. Like he thinks Mal does about his wife, and that shows what he thinks about women. Really, yeah. <laughs> I think he's, he's kind of yeah, that's another. He's another an alpha male hmm. character in it. That... But he doesn't. He's not an alpha male in the fact that he won't try and take the ship off of Mal. No. He respects him enough to follow his lead. Yeah. He respects him yeah, towards the end more. I think you see that the respect grow, grow. throughout the show, mm-hmm. throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next is Jewel State as, well, <laughs> her full name is Kay Winnett. Kay Winnett Lee Fry, but Kaylee. Kaylee, yes. Is what we know her as. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's the, uh, the, the mechanic. The ship's mechanic, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. She's like um, a little bit childlike. Yeah. Not as childlike yeah. as River. River, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, but she 
you find out in her origin story that she loves engines. She's never been on a Firefly ship before. She's had no training. Yeah, but she knows how it works and everything. So I always saw her as the ditzy, kind of innocent, like positive one. Hmm. And then when you see her, how she got on the ship. She's hooking up with the with the current with the mechanic. with the current mechanic. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that sort of seemed a bit out of character. Didn't well, like taint it for me. No, but I, I like that of... introduction because earlier on they said, "Oh, we've now got this great mechanic." Hmm. You think, "Oh, they're talking about Kaylee," and then not some guy walks out and loses his not. And then later on, he's having sex with his girl. You don't know who this girl is, and then she turns around <laughs> and it's Kaylee. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was funny, but it was just like it didn't seem. It seemed a bit out of character because she was all about romance and she sort of secretly had this crush on the doctor and mm. she seemed quite innocent. Mm. Yeah, so, I sort of see that. Initially, I actually thought when you when you first started hearing her talk, I thought she was kind of a, a well, not a bad actor, but, I, but just well, I wasn't sure about her. And then you kind whether of whether she's annoying. Her. Yeah, I thought she might be annoying. Um, or, but Josh Reed is very good at writing female characters. Mm. So I don't think he would, she would do that to her because he'd write her in a way that she wouldn't get annoyed and clearly did because yeah. well, from 14 episodes in a movie she didn't get annoyed I don't think anyway. No, she wasn't annoying but it was just that initial that, that pilot. initial pilot episode I was like, oh, she's just a bad actress but no, she's not. It's yeah, I felt that as well yeah. actually. That's funny, yeah. That's, I wonder if we went back now and watched the pilot would knowing that character would we still feel that? Well, originally yeah. uh, they wrote the character to be uh, Asian Right, but as soon as um, she walked in and she auditioned, yeah. they didn't see anyone else. They said she's perfect. Oh, really? But they did ask her to put on weight for the role. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, yeah, so I picked uh, ten pounds. They asked her to put on. I just don't know what that is. Wonder why? why but um, they didn't want. Um, they thought they had too many not good-looking characters, but they wanted her to be more earthly and more real characters because oh, they've got they've got um, river. They've got river. They've got um, the other two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the two yeah. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> so they wanted someone more real, more uh, a real person. Yeah, I guess Inara is like the perfect woman. Perfect woman, yeah. And Zoe is like the kind of hard, hmm. strong woman. So hmm. they wanted someone a bit, uh, just yeah, an the, every the, woman. The river is a childlike person, so this one's more. So you got scary spice, sporty spice. <laughs> yeah, with only four of them, so which one's Ginger? Oh, she left. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Ginger is the wife. The wife is kind of ginger. Oh, I'll say she's, she's sporty. No, uh, scary. <laughs> a bit of both. We can go to this. And I've got a list of recurring characters as well, if you want to go with <laughs> No, because um, his wife, she's ginger. So. <laughs> well, whose wife? Uh, Mal's wife. Yeah, that's who I said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what sorry. wife did you think I meant? I thought you meant Jay's wife. Uh, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really ginger. She's definitely scary. <laughs> So she never listens to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next is Sean Mayher, or Mayer, as Dr. Simon Tam. Hmm. So he's a surgeon. Hmm. He's he's like a, a top surgeon, we're yes. told. But he uh, turns his back on that to save his sister. Yeah, he, kid, he doesn't look in there. So he, ta- he saves his sister and goes on the run with her, which is hmm. happened in the pilot, didn't it? So yeah, yeah. the entire series, they're kind of on the run from the Alliance. So Simon, I actually in the pilot didn't think I was going to like him. He's, he's, I wasn't exactly sure what his motives were. Yeah, which is obviously the point. Um, but no, he, he grows on you. Yeah, he, he does. He, and he proves himself part of the team, and uh, hmm. he lines up a bit because he's very um, stiff and um, stiff at the start of the show. <laughs> very stiff. Yeah, yeah. stiff. <laughs> Double stiff. <laughs> he's super, super stiff. But then he sort of relaxes into it, and especially with. <laughs> Stiffler. 
Especially <laughs> Simon Stifler. Especially with his relationship with Kaylee, where they become close and it comes out of his shell a bit. There, there's is another one. There's is like a, a Mao and Inara relationship where you're like, come on, just mm. one of you say something. But mm. she's shy. Supposedly, I thought she was shy until I saw the flashback. But then it's, mm. yeah, you, you kind of, neither of them are saying it to each other, are they? Yeah. But they can't just say it all at once, otherwise they'll just be like three couples on this ship and. Um, just be like a yeah, like, oh, be like friends or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the, uh, the the tension there, and <laughs> yeah, it did add a bit of tension, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, he, like he did, he did grow on me, and and you, they really focus on his re- relationship with his sister. Mm. He's 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 obsessed with his sister in a way. It sometimes actually got well, well he just he just a little bit annoying where he was always River River where's where's River? But I, I get it. He's, he cares he's, about. He's worried about her because he you find out what she's been through. She went missing. And he's now finally got her back after however long. Because they were from like a privileged background, weren't they? She mm. was very clever. He was also very clever. Yeah, because he's a doctor. She went off to some camp yeah. somewhere. And that's where she disappeared. Um, yeah, he did. I, I think, I guess maybe we were we were actually not supposed to like him straight away because they have that, that storyline in the, I guess it's in the pilot, where there's like a mole on board and they're not quite sure if it's him. Yes, because yeah, another guy as well. So I guess straight away you were unsure. Did you think the actor was good, Sean Mayer? Yeah, yeah, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he suited the role. The stiffness was probably you know appropriate. Appropriate stiffness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's been any, there was any miscasting in any of the cast. There, no. everybody mm. they they have probably thought about it. I think that actor is right for that role. I think Joss Whedon's probably got a, a talent for casting because if you if I think back to Angel, I think it was the same. Nobody stood out as being wrong. And same with the Avengers. I don't. I guess he's mm. he didn't cast. Did he need to even cast the Avengers, or were they already cast before before he took over? Uh, it wasn't that well, other than um, Hulk. They were pretty much all cast. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if yeah. he he cast Hulk. Talking about cast, Marina. She originally there was some another actress in the pilot. Yeah. They, they filmed half halfway through, mm. realized it wasn't working, and they. Um, uh, got rid of her. They brought in Back to the Future. Her. <laughs> Back to the Future. Her. Yeah. Eric Stoltz. Yeah. <laughs> and they brought they brought her in the background. Yeah, I, I read that as well. I think they and Joss Whedon actually made sure that whenever he they were filming scenes with the previous actress, they just got her on her own. So that and and the actor that they were talking to on their own. So they had all of the actors bits. So they, they could easily. So, so he must have known straight away. Yeah, I think he yeah. did know pretty quick. Which must be awkward, I guess, if you because you feel like you're wasting footage. Uh, but then I suppose mm. if you're getting all the other actors, mm. but you're yeah, you're wasting time, really. You're thinking, well, I'm filming this woman that I'm not never going to use. Yeah. You know, she's not right. Mm. Or the actor's not right. Mm. Yeah. So Summer Glau as River Tam. Now this character, now she seems to be the main focus of the whole show. It starts off with her in a box. She's been tortured and stuffs happened to her. Her brothers rescued her. And she's one that sort of grows most over the series, especially in the movie. Here's a question for you. So when she's in the box, mm-hmm. she's naked in the box. Yeah. Her brother put her in the box. Yeah. Why is she naked in the box? <laughs> Maybe she took her clothes off. In Maybe the box. she was already naked before she got in the box, before he rescued her. I I need to watch but so you've just watched the film. Was she, and they did they did a flashback to him rescuing her? They didn't show him putting her in a box though. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was she clothes though when he rescued her? When she, she did have yeah, clothes. Yeah, on. Yeah, so, so, so he's taken her clothes off. That's why Maybe thinking. because um, later on you see somebody else 
dead in the box. Mm. Lots of dead in box. <laughs> um, but he's naked as well. So maybe, so maybe if you get the box. into this box, you have to yeah. get yourself naked. Yeah, because mm. maybe the box is doing something. It makes people in um, cryostasis. Yeah. And maybe you have to be naked. Maybe. I never really gave much thought. Yeah, no, no, no. Why are you thinking, why is that brother putting the sister naked in a No, box? I didn't think it at the time. I didn't think anything of it. And then obviously when you see the movie, it gives you a bit of the background of how he rescues her. And you think she was naked in the pilot. Why is she not naked? Well, and, and it just said here that Summer was smuggled onto the ship by her brother. So I just thought, oh, that's strange. But, you know, maybe maybe in, in 500 years, that's not such a big deal. And nudity is all the rage. So, yeah, she's like a really intelligent child prodigy yeah. type of person. And she's obviously had some kind of brain... Tortured her and they've done stuff to her. Cut into her brain, I think you mentioned. Yeah, the in, the, in the episode... Uh, Ariel, you could, they go to a hospital and that's where they do a brain scan on her and they find out they've cut her brain open multiple times yeah. and they've, they've done stuff to her. And I think in the last episode, um, you find out that she's psychic and in the film yeah. they, they, they explore that a lot more. Yeah, did you... So the last episode was where where the bounty hunter comes onto the ship with yeah. Jubal, which yeah. is the best name. <laughs> you got that name, Jubal. 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 Um, where the Jubal comes onto the ship and then he's trying to find her and all of a sudden she becomes the ship. Yeah, she, she, yeah. Did yeah. you well, think that had happened? No, I, I did. I didn't. I knew that she'd be. I didn't realise she'd be where she was. Yeah. Whether yeah. we're giving that away or not, I don't know. I imagine if <laughs> probably most people have seen it, but if, if not, we won't give it too much away. She's she's on his ship somehow. He she's got onto his ship. Oh, okay, and we'll she, give it away. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, she 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 manages to speak through the ship's microphone and says, "I've absorbed into the ship." And I did think because you don't know much about her, you don't know specifics about her powers, do you? I thought she's actually done that, and so she's yeah. going to be the ship. Yeah, but you find out. That she doesn't have those sort of powers. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I gave that away. <laughs> <laughs> we won't give that away. I'll get off. <laughs> it's all right. People, we've probably spoiled a few things by now. <laughs> so what do we think of her as an actress and as a character? Um, she, because um, she, as a character, she is very much the child of the ship. She's so innocent, and she, and you don't really know if she's good or bad because she's been through. So she doesn't know what you don't know what they've done to her. She could turn at any time, and she does turn occasionally. On them. On them, on anyone. She's quite unstable, isn't she? And you kind of don't know. And I think she puts the other members of the ship at unease as yes. well, doesn't she? And especially Jane. Jane, 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 Jane doesn't, doesn't trust her. Yeah, doesn't trust her at all. What did you think of her, Jane? I thought she was good. I thought she was good um, in the role. She was, brings a kind of uh, an air of kind of mystery to the, where it's going and, and why. You obviously don't necessarily find out until the film what she's capable of and... yeah. And you see little glimpses of it, don't you? Yeah. You're listening to the One Season Wonder Podcast with Al, Jason, and Mike. Follow us on Twitter at One Season Wonder or email us at oneseasonwonder at gmail.com. Now, this character, this is the. Uh, this is not. I don't mean this is a bad one, this is the most annoying character. <laughs> because the only, what I mean by that is he has this backstory that you'll never know. Uh, maybe in the expanded universe, the comic books, and everything, you might find out more about him. But this, so you you know, he's a, he's a shepherd, pastor, whatever you want to call him. Mm. Shepherd, that's what they refer to him as. So I'm not going to shepherd. Yeah, <laughs> he's a shepherd. Yep. Just as I hasn't got any sheep. Hasn't got any sheep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, you say he hasn't got any sheep. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe but yeah, he has. He's had a past before that lie one. Mm. But you don't know what his past is. He's he, he even says it. I haven't always been. I wasn't always a shepherd. You think there's so much more to this character, 
so much more what more they can go with it, so much further they can go with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, they, they, never ne- get they never get a chance to do that, and that's annoyed me more than anything else. So you wanted to know more about him? I, I want. I, I, I like the character. I really like the character. I love the bit where his hair goes all up and River gets all scared of him. I found it so funny because <laughs> <laughs> his hair was so big. And... Einstein. Stein. <laughs> he he has got his own comic um, right. backstory. Right. Okay. Just focused on him. I haven't read that one. Right. I've seen I'm that. Yeah, because he's he's got knowledge on guns. I think he he knows how to shoot. Mm. He knows about like military type stuff. So yeah. he has that. Um, there's the episode where uh, is it him that needs medical? Yeah, he gets help? shot, and they take him to a, a place where they can take it. They look at his ID mm. and straight away say, "Get this man help as soon as possible." So obviously he's respected enough. Do they ever touch on why? No, that's doesn't that's, he sort of says something along the lines of where you go. Or they're going to come back to that, obviously, and then. They don't. They never no. get. They never get a chance, get a chance to. to yeah. He gets along with everybody, doesn't he? he, he even Jane, there's that. Bit yeah, there is. There's sort of a not, yeah, I would say romance. It's not like a bromance between it's them. Bromance. They, yeah, they do get on well. They, they do become friends, even though they're very polar opposites of each other. Here you go. Yeah, it says his his backstory would have been gradually revealed had the series continued, but was instead explored in a 2010 comic book, The Shepherd's Tale. So. Mm-hmm. It's out there, Al, if you want to know. I'm not really a massive comic book fan, so I wanted it in the show. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll just read it and tell you about yeah, it. Yeah, you tell me about it. <laughs> he seemed like, I mean, I, I liked him as, as a as a character. He, he was, like you say, he, was, he wasn't he was one of the most exciting characters out of the nine. Hmm. So I guess he was probably a bit overshadowed. So I think some episodes he wasn't even in. Actually, he was the one, yeah, of, all, of nine of the main characters, everyone appeared in every episode apart from book who wasn't in Ariel he was meditating at an abbey <laughs> oh okay so, yeah <laughs> so he's the one that wasn't there hmm. he wouldn't have approved anyway he wouldn't have approved <laughs> he's kind of the wise the wise old man the Gandalf of the of the fellowship yeah <laughs> so that is a rundown of the, the main nine characters there's a few we won't go into detail but there's Badger uh, a few recurring characters the Hands of Blue which mm. are these two anonymous men that wear suits and they have a kind of a contraption which does something to your brain blows yeah, your yeah. brain up yeah, it makes oh, you yeah, yeah, bleed yeah. from every orifice yeah <laughs> yeah it was grim and they're the ones that are trying to hunt River Badger was this kind of English cockney criminal master well not mastermind yeah. but like a criminal Jabba the Hutt Jabba the Hutt mm. he was the Jabba yeah. <laughs> Saffron Christina Hendricks Yolanda and Bridget that, that, that's, his, that's his wife yeah. I, I she, she popped her. up a couple of times yeah. Yeah. she was quite an interesting character I thought did, when you first saw her did you really think that oh, no, she actually is his wife? Yeah. Did, I, did, did you sort of think, oh no, she's a... Uh, it's clever. She shows, I guess, she's a good actor, actress, mm. that she was this innocent little villager. But then she had a other, whole other side of her. Yeah. Did you know she did her own nude scene? Her own nude scene? Didn't use a <laughs> body double. You mean see anything? What, in that? In that one, mm. when she's trying to seduce Mal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you I know. I remember. Yeah. I remember. I saw a lady's bare back <laughs> and shoulders. That's pretty much what you see. But yeah, apparently, that's a fact about it. Yeah, I liked her actually. And she, I haven't. Um, she was familiar. She's in Mad Men. Mad isn't Men. She? Yeah. I've not seen all of Mad Men, but I must have seen her in a trailer for it or something. Yeah, she's quite a yeah big character in Mad Men. Has she been in much else? Well, actually, she's yeah. been in a few films. She's in uh, Drive. Oh, was she? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's where I recognise her. 
Should we go about what, what they've done since? What the main cast have done yeah, since? There are just a few things that they've done since. Nathan Fillion, he went on to do Castle. Which is in about in his eighth season. Yeah, that's still, so it's still going. Yeah. yeah. Now that, it, there's a few little references to Firefly in it. Yeah, I mean, that's what's made me intrigued to watch it now, actually. Yeah, but only about, for, for eight seasons, I think there's about three minutes of um, <laughs> references. There's one episode where I think they have the fatty dress, and he dresses up as Mal. There's bits where he speaks uh, Mandarin, and yeah. they say to him, where did you where did you learn that language? He's from an old TV show. Stuff like that. So A few um, little inside jokes, then. Um, actually, yeah, I've got a list of those. Like, yeah, yeah, Space Cowboy. He's got props from Firefly as items in his home. He he was hum- humorously asked if he's ever heard of a spa known as Serenity. That's not even a, that's not even a subtle one. <laughs> Firefly catchphrases such as "shiny," "special hell," and "I was aiming for the head" have been used as punchlines during dramatic scenes in Castle. Does he write for Castle then? Do you think, or he's just kind of that? He's got he's an probably influence. an executive producer. He probably does. I don't know if the same people are. I don't know if the same people are involved in making it. I assume that's what helps it's Nathan Fillion, but I don't know who else from Firefly are working on it. Maybe they're fans of the show as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's subtly trying to say, you know, I want to be Nathan, you know, not Nathan, I want to be Mal, Captain Mal again, come on, let's start the show up again, or well, Serenity well, I think, too. I thought the cast do, they are, mm. you know, they, they, I enjoy doing it, and they're all friends still, and I think they all, would all jump at the chance. Yeah, I think they yeah. still they still all do panel appearances together, like I yeah. I think they're at Comic-Con, when was the 10-year anniversary been? 2013, I think they did a 10-year panel at Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah that's he's one of these actors that's familiar, but I can't think what else I've seen him in, apart from adverts for Castle. Gina Torres, she's in Suits, and she was also in Angel. She was in 24 as well. Oh, yeah? Do you remember her from that? No. Oh, you're just looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quicking. She was also in Hannibal, the TV show Hannibal. Okay. Yeah. So she's done quite a few things. Done a lot of TV. Yeah. 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 Wash was in Dodgeball, you mentioned. Dodgeball. Yeah, Dodgeball and... And A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale, I think. Before we forget again. We were saying Marina Baccarin, she's probably done the most TV and, and now film with Homeland, Gotham, Deadpool. And Deadpool, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. And, and Bumble, he hasn't done a lot. No. Because this, uh, this work because there's so many Baldwin brothers. He's not one of them. Is he not? He's no, not one of the Baldwin I, I wondered that. And Is he not? I, his, just, I just think he was one of the Baldwin. No, on his IMDb <laughs> trivia it says, despite having the same name as all the Baldwin brothers, he's not a Baldwin. He's like from a different city. Um, although in 2015, he was in um, Castle. Oh, <laughs> I read that actually. He's actually in another show which is a contender for, for this podcast called right. Daybreak, uh, where he plays a cop. It's a show about a, a guy that's a cop that's every time he goes to bed he wakes up and it's the same day. So it's like a Groundhog Day style wow. thing and he's been framed for this murder. So every day he's having to try and find out parts to, to kind of figure out. And Adam Baldwin is the lead cop. Okay. It's quite good, isn't it? it? I can't, quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, I hope that... I mean, what, what we're going to do is put up a poll, I, I guess, on Twitter and let people pick the next show. But I hope mm. that one... I hope we do get to do that one day. The only film I've, I can think of that he was in was Independence Day. Who was he in that? Was he a soldier or something? He's one of the yeah, like the main the guy that shoots the can off of the oh okay of the ship. Oh right, yeah, I think remember I remember that. that. Jeff Goldblum's doing his whole give it a cold thing. <laughs> remember that? That's a very good Goldblum yeah. impression. Well, you know, you are the impression. <laughs> uh, anyone listen to the AM show <laughs> on the uh, yeah. would know that. 
Um, I haven't seen Kaylee in anything ever. Oh, <laughs> she was in Stargate, Atlantis. She's in Warehouse 13, Legends of Tomorrow. She's, okay. in... she's a big TV actress. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know if she's been in any movies. Simon and and River and I haven't seen them in anything, but they've potentially done TV that we just River. Haven't... She's familiar. I, I, I'm still having Stargate. She was in Big Bang Theory one episode, playing herself. But yeah, I, th- I think. A lot of them weren't big actors and haven't kind of gone on to big, big things. River, she, she was obviously um, she was in um, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. The what? Sarah Connor Chronicles. Right. It's hard to say. Sarah Connor Chronicles. And she's been in Arrow. Okay. So she's just done a few things. Yeah. And the forty four hundred. Oh yeah, that was that was really good actually. That show. Yeah. Was she a big role in that? Um, Tess, she played. Oh, uh, yeah, Tess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's kind of a bit of an overview of the characters. She, they... was in, she was in season two, three, and four. <laughs> oh, okay. um, so Firefly has probably helped a lot of these actors get, and actresses get, well, continuing TV roles or even film roles. Yeah. And then there's Rob Glass. He's been in All Grown Up, which Mike, you'll know that All Grown Up is. If oh. you listen to the AA movie show. Was it the Rugrats? Yes, he was in that. Teenage Rugrats movie. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it was a TV show, yeah. He was in that. He's been in uh, C- uh, CSI. He was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so they've all kind of gone on to do TV work. TV work, some film work. I think the most successful has been Nathan Fillion and... Marina Baccarin. Yes. Mm. Okay, so now the theme song. Let's talk a bit, a little bit about that. And uh, hopefully we'll probably be able to put in a little, bit, a little 15 seconds worth... Mm. To give you a, a taste of it right or, now. Or, Jason, he's going to sing it to you. I could probably play it on the guitar. Yes. <laughs> nah. <laughs> okay, well, here's, we're going to put in a little clip of it right now. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. <laughs> so that was the Ballad of Serenity it's called well that was a little bit of it anyway that was a little bit of it <laughs> written by written by Joss Whedon. Whedon performed by Sonny Rhodes who I've not heard I've not heard of Sonny Rhodes I just Apple music Tim, and he's like a blues mm. but you get that because the theme is a very bluesy yeah it blues sets the tone when I first heard it I sort of thought whoa what the hell is this this is weird but then over the episodes it grows on you it does grow on you it's a different grower Mm. now so the lyrics of the the song yeah um, it sort of tells the backstory of them or maybe Mal as uh, what is the backstory it's sort of just telling you what their motivation is have you got the lyrics I've got the lyrics here yeah okay tell us the lyrics take my love take my land take me where I cannot stand I don't care I'm still free you can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black. Tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land, bore the sea. You can't take the sky from me. I have no place I can be since I found serenity. But you can't take the sky from me. Well, <laughs> out there, out of rendition. <laughs> the lyrics, the way the, the way the guy sings them, you can't quite hear them. I found, I found them. Now you've read it for me. Beautifully, I might add. 
<laughs> I can understand them more. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, the way he sings is kind mm. of. Well, no, I, 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 I understand. Maybe it's just my you what you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I like the lyrics. I think they they work very well mm. for the show. And if you do listen to those lyrics and you you read them, you know he's saying that basically they're taking everything from him. They're taking his love. They're taking his land. Uh, they're taking where he cannot stand. <laughs> I'm reading the lyrics again here. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess but they're taking still, his planet. Yeah, they're taking his... everything. They've taken everything from him. Yeah, but he's still free because he's still got the sky. He still can go. He's still got the universe. Still or the got verse, serenity. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you sort of see that. I've got the chords up. Yeah, he'll play it. You <laughs> could sing it. You could sing it out. Take my love. Take my love. Oh no! Wait. Sorry. <laughs> Drop D. No, we need to be musicians. Never played that song before. No in rehearsal. That was literally straight in. Yeah, that's right. I felt like I was there on <laughs> Stephanie or something. Good work. Yeah. That's good. I'm, I'm leaving that in. Well, maybe, maybe not. We may so. not have rights oh, to play yeah. that. Well, if we get sued, we'll fight them for everything we've got. <laughs> that song was written by Josh Whedon. I believe he wrote it uh, a while before the show was even before the series was greenlit. Mm. And as there's actually a version of him singing it, which you played to us earlier, on the DVD. Yes. Yeah. Do you think it works well with the show? I think it says it well, but at first you think this is an, an odd... It's an odd thing to choose for, for a sci-fi western. Yeah. Let's obviously see the western side of it. Especially you see the, the first episode, you see the war hmm. kind of thing, and then it goes to that, and you think, well, this is odd, but hmm. it, yeah, it's a, it grows on you, and then... Helps sets yeah. the tone as a western, it it works more as a Western theme song than a space show theme song, I mm. guess. Yeah, well, that's what it is, a space... A Western space, Western. space. Yeah, that's actually how they describe, when you look into the show, mm. space Western science fiction drama. Mm. <laughs> so it's <laughs> five... Five genres. Five, five genres, genres merged into one. But it, but it works. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, so we all like the theme. So a little bit about the actual cancellation of it. Mm. Should we discuss that? Yeah. Mm. So it premiered in the US on the Fox Network on September 20th, 2002. And then by mid-December, Firefly had averaged 4.7 million viewers per episode and was 98th in the Nielsen ratings. Right. So that's big in America, isn't it? The Nielsen. Nielsen ratings, yeah. That's what they do. They Apparently some, ha- some houses in America, they have a box. Mm. And apparently one 
box refers to like a million viewers. No, that can't be a hundred thousand viewers. Yeah, so they use that to gauge the ratings. The games, yeah. What do they do in, in the UK for that then? I, you've asked the wrong person. <laughs> Um, and so <laughs> it was cancelled after 11 of the 14 were aired mm. and like you said earlier Jay they were aired all over the place in a yeah. random order they were yeah the different different days they moved them around no one ever knew I think when it was going to be on I think which is again a, which didn't, a didn't help it and um, another thing that didn't help the show mm. was um, you can't find these online people have like, I don't know where they are if I have looked but the original trailers for the show yeah were proper bad and they didn't reflect the show as it is and if you watch one of the trailers, it wouldn't make you want to watch the show. Yeah, because there was a 2014 uh, biography of Joss Whedon, which gave away details like that, mm. that hadn't been said before, um, written by this Amy Pascal, which I'd actually probably be quite interesting to read. But she, yeah, she said that Fox misrepresented the show in the ad campaign. So instead of showing it as like a science fiction or a Western show or a mixture, which is what it was, the ads implied it was like an offbeat comedy. Mm. So they focused mm. too much on the comedy side rather than what it was and showed some of the action. Yeah, apparently the, the, one of the big reasons that it was cancelled, obviously they said it was low ratings, but the big reason was that they thought it was too dark, Fox did. Right. They wanted Mal to to be... Um, more light-hearted. They wanted him to be more light-hearted, but then they also wanted him to to shoot more people. <laughs> no well, they kind of both ways. That's, <laughs> and that's one of the things, that's one of the conflicts that kind of doesn't make sense, but that's... Yeah, the, the network constantly asked for the show to be less dark, but they also wanted Mal to shoot more people. <laughs> so that's just a massive concept. Just, just sort of shoot him in a sort of jovial way. Just in a list, yeah. yeah. Oh, mm. Just a <laughs> friendly... Yeah. Um, they like to shoot you. <laughs> and Fox at first apparently refused to, to pick up the show because they didn't like the fact that Wash and Zoe were married. Well, because interracial... No, no, actually, didn't mention. Maybe that might have been a deep, deep down thing. But they, mm. they said that it would, because um, it stops any chance of Mal and Zoe getting romantic. Right. Okay. It's just, it seems like, as, as as somebody's watched the show, they would never end up together. It just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't feel. It, they just wouldn't. They no. didn't feel like the couple that were there, mm. you know, waiting to happen. Because mm. um, it was a friendship, and obviously, the the it was more Inara and Mal. Joss must have known that when he'd when he'd written it, which is why he wouldn't why he put Wash and Zoe together. So it's it seems like Fox d- just didn't get the show, I guess, which is the problem. Yeah, that's the biggest problem, and that's some you have like that trouble a lot with American networks. Mm. Put, um, American networks they don't really understand the show because they're not the fan base. These are guys who sit in an office mm. and think they understand the show, but they're not the target audience. Yeah, mm. they're, they're not going to get every show, I guess. And the, the thing is, they get to make the decisions, I mm. suppose. Yeah, because they got the money. Yeah. Do you think there was any uh, any other reasons that could have led to it being cancelled? Because I don't get the too dark thing. I didn't think it was too dark, really. I think the movie got a bit darker. Mm. The movie was definitely dark and pretty brutal. Uh, yeah. compared with the series um, oh, I just think it's that it's, it's that it was down to Fox is I know that um that one of the reasons I, I read that the, the money they said it was too expensive to produce the show right but if they had more faith in it and they let it run at least at the end of the season hmm. I think it would have found its audience and room figures would have picked up and it would have been a big hit because the 14 so was the first series was always going to be 14 no no it was there was 23 oh okay so they didn't even get to the end of no they cut halfway through the season uh, by the 11 got aired I believe that the it was finally aired in the correct order 
all 14 episodes in American TV on the Sci-Fi Channel about a year later, or a couple of years later. Really? Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, looking at some reviews, I don't think reviewers got it. There was a, a, guy, a TV guide reviewer, he called it oddball and offbeat, and he, um, he didn't like how it shifted from space to them riding horses. He found it too jarring. Oh, I enjoyed that. I thought that worked. Yeah, I think it was, it was purposely jarring. Yeah, yeah. It's like mm. the polar opposite. It's sort of... Yeah, there was like a, it was it was like chalk and cheese. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. It was it was too. You'd never put space and you wouldn't normally you wouldn't think oh these would work well together because when you look at like um, aliens versus cowboys, cowboys versus aliens. That yeah. that it didn't work because it wasn't very film. But with Star Wars, you've got you know the same sort of principle. Yeah, yeah. I guess so, a lot yeah. of that's the set in the desert, isn't it? And we're not necessarily horses, but we're other creatures. Yeah, space creatures. Mm. You just got to watch it. Now these reviewers who think didn't want any to watch it instead of looking at horses, you need to imagine them as poorly CGI'd alien creatures <laughs> <laughs> that look like horses. <laughs> it's. I mean, that's uh, it's fairly sort of minor thing when you consider the actual the plot line and the characters and everything else that, to pick up on some of that I think is a bit a bit trivial but mm. I guess that's what the film critics do and, and if they couldn't get past the weird setting mm. and I think you've got to get past that to then get to know the yeah, characters cause, cause also, if they're review after one or two episodes I, I think it did take three or four episodes to really get into it and really think this is a great show mm. yeah yeah it did I, I felt that and that's what that initial struggle was kind of until you feel that you know the characters and you just get the whole family because it is a sort of a family isn't it a dysfunctional sort yeah. of yeah. family environment on the boat on the ship although they could keep they call it boat they call they, it they, boat. They, sort of even though it's set in the future they throw it to the boat it's off a western so they, they even though it's in the future they use olden times speak yeah on the subject of speak the uh, the frequent use of Mandarin yeah Chinese, Mandarin, English, a mixture of, yeah. of three or four languages. Is it? Right. I, don't, I mean, I, apart from English, I don't really speak the other languages, but I mean, you, you kind of knew what was being, the gist of what was being said. Yeah. Um, initially, well, I think, I, I remember just pausing and thinking, what did I miss that? And then you kind of realise. Yeah, so, I remember yeah. one of my early notes was to mention what was going on with that, like, why was that? Mm-hmm. And I don't think they ever explained it in the show, but I've now found out why. Would you like me to tell you why? Of course. So apparently, please. so... <laughs> please do enlighten me. <laughs> so t- because Firefly takes place in a multicultural future, um, so it's like a fusion of Western and East Asian cultures, mm. as a result of that, Mandarin Chinese is a common second language. Uh, and according to the DVD commentary on, on the episode called Serenity, which I'm not sure what one that was, but... This was first explained. Episode. Oh, is that the first one? The first episode. Oh, okay, right. so in a in a commentary from the pilot, this was explained as being the result of China and the US uh, being the two superpowers. Yeah, they, they're the people that caught everyone off the planet. Yeah, so that's why people um, like speak Chinese. They write in Chinese. I read this earlier. Joss Whedon said that there's two two clips or two two scenes that he thinks depict this kind of mixture. I can't remember one of them, but the main one is where, I think it might be in the pilot, where Mao is eating food with chopsticks and he's drinking drink out of an old, like, uh, cowboy kind of tin. Oh, um, right, tankard. Yeah. Tankard thing. So that's how he, that's the one of the main uh, mm. ways that he shows that right, mix. Okay. 
So yeah. it's quite interesting, I suppose. It's a, a strange... It's not like a mainstream element to add to something, is it? That they they just randomly speak in, China, in Mandarin every now and then. But another reason why they did it was to get past the censors so they could swear without American censors realising that they were saying words that they can't normally say on uh, 8 o'clock on a yeah. primetime TV show. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably the main reason because, conveniently enough, all the main dialogue wasn't... In Mandarin, so you can understand. That would work, yeah. They, they yeah. would be talking completely Mandarin for yeah. a few scenes. It just seems to be the swear words. Yeah. The all swear words are like a, a frustrated, uh, frustrated noise or something where you kind of knew roughly the gist, yeah. no matter what language it was in. The other yeah. scene I was talking about, about Joss Whedon setting the tone, was when, do you remember there was a bar fight and Mal gets thrown through a holographic window? Do you remember that? They're, they're in a bar yeah, fight. Um, that, he gets thrown out of the window, but instead of smashing through the window, it's like a hologram. So Joss Whedon um, and the other, uh, Tim Maneer, they kind of point those two as the set and the tone of the show. So it's obviously a Western, but there's a bar fight, but it's like a futuristic right, okay. element to it. And just to quickly go back to where we were talking about Mao and, and Fox wanted him to be not as dark. Uh, apparently one of the struggles that, that Joss Whedon had with Fox was that they wanted to, wanted him to be more jolly, um, as they feel he was too dark in the pilot. And they, they, the moment they feel that he was too dark, where he suggested that he might space Simon and River, basically throwing him out of the airlock to die. I don't right. remember that <laughs> bit, but that is a bit dark now, actually, as you read it. I do remember that, yeah, where he threatened to do that. <laughs> but then he probably, I'm sure he probably threatened something like that to. I get, definitely did it to, um, to um, I remember the bit where. where Jane had tried to give up uh, yeah, brother sister right, to, yeah. yeah and the, he trapped him, he him between the, the two airlocks yeah left him there for a bit yeah because he, he was there, I think the episode ends with him being there so you let me out or what yeah and he just in there <laughs> um, so when we were talking about the language so not only the Mandarin language but there's a lot of phrases that are a bit new and a bit different <laughs> they say Goram a lot <laughs> what does Goram mean? Goram I'm guessing it's like God damn. Okay, yeah. Do you oh. remember them saying that? They'd be like, oh, um, he won't shut the Goram door. And they say it quite quickly. Yeah, so kind of wouldn't... I saw on an episode of QI, there is a language where it's a mixture of Chinese and English, where it's words like that, where it's like Goram means goddamn. Mm. And there's other words as well where they've put words together and it sounds Chinese or Mandarin or yeah. whatever, mm. but it's actually English slightly changed. Yeah, I think they've adapted. Yeah, they adapted words like shiny, which I think Kaylee says a lot. Yeah. Shiny is ma- is meant as like that's cool, right? That, that's shiny. Hmm. Goram is a mild swear word. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think they kind of used different language, which made it a bit different, made it a bit interesting, I, hmm. I guess, didn't it? Hmm. But I, I and the previously on Firefly, Mal does his voiceover, and he says something like, "If you've got a job." We'll take it. We don't much care what it is. Hmm. People don't really speak like that, do we? We don't. We don't much care what it is. Yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah, it's like a sort of old, old fashioned, old fashioned, but then you're sort of futuristic as well because language does change and evolve over time. Yeah, yeah. and that's five hundred years is a long time yeah. for language to change. Yeah, obviously they couldn't do the whole show in futuristic speak because no, people wouldn't be like what the hell they're on about. People just be so speaking they just, like they just throw in these little references. <laughs> To each other. What? <laughs> Is that what you think they're going to talk like in the future? I reckon. <laughs> just laser speak. Just laser talk. Oh, little guns. Lightsabers. <laughs> 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 okay, so that's uh, some of the language. 
So let's talk a bit about the legacy uh, of the show and like what it's led to since 2002 when it was cancelled. Mm. I mentioned earlier about the comics. Did you guys know that there was comics out I there? didn't. I wasn't aware of uh, any comics or graphic novels. I, yeah. I, I think I was, I've not read any, but I knew that they existed. Also, I'm not a big comic book fan, but I did know that they existed because most shows out there do have a comic book nowadays. I know I just assumed it would as well. Especially Joss Whedon ones because I know Angel have got a lot mm. of graphic novels. Angel, like Buffy's Buffy got, does. Buffy did after the series finished Buffy. There was more comics of that. It's quite a cool way of being able to carry on with the show without uh, the pressures of having to make it and having the money to make it and and actually having to get it agreed I imagine it's easier to get a comic book made a graphic novel made than it would be a TV show yeah well it's a lot cheaper you can self-publish if you really want to yeah do you know how many comic books there's been how many different yeah there's been there's two comic book miniseries Uh, so Serenity Those Left Behind which was uh, 2006 so that fills the gap between Firefly and Serenity, the movie. Mm-hmm. So that one I've read. I've got a little summary for that, if you want to hear that. Uh, Serenity, Better Days, which is uh, 2008. One-shot hardcover, Serenity, The Shepherd's Tale, which is Shepherd's backstory. And then there's another one, which I read last night, called uh, Serenity, Leaves and Leaves on the Wind, which came out in 2014. So they're still making them. They're still making them, so they're still going. Because I know that the fan base is still there. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be going away. If anything, it's probably getting stronger because more and more people are discovering the show. And the movie. And and the podcast. (laughs) He's written... His comics are written by Joss Whedon's brother. brother. Yeah, Joss Whedon himself wrote Those Left Behind and Better Days, so the first kind of series, Mm. the two series. And then, I think possibly even Shepard's story, but then... His brother, no, I think his brother's wrote Shepherd's Story and then the new one, the 2014 one, which is set after Serenity. Mm-hmm. So it's. it's that's Zach Whedon, isn't it? That's Zach Whedon, yeah. yeah. And I th- he's, I mean, I guess he would anyway, but he's got Joss Whedon's approval. I think it's produced by Joss Whedon. So it is canon, it's part of the yeah, universe. Yeah, it's part of the whole universe. <clears throat> it's actually really interesting. I, I was reading it last night and I, I kind of got hooked because you, it does tie up a lot of things that you wonder about the characters and even progresses their storylines. I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, whether you want me to give anything. It's up to you, you know, you know, because... <laughs> well, I, I can probably tell you, shall I tell you what happens between Firefly and Serenity? Yeah, yeah, then we can go into talk about the film. That so works. yeah, basically, so this is the Those Left Behind, it's called Serenity, colon, Those Left Behind. <laughs> colon. Just, <laughs> Detail there. I'll give you the ISBN number if you want. <laughs> so yeah, basically it opens with a heist that goes wrong. Shepard actually is used as a decoy. He's given a sermon in in like a in this town, and while that's going on, Mao and Zoe are trying to take something, and they get into a bit of a fight with another thief. They have to escape. Shepard actually steals a vehicle and saves them. So he's sort of acting a, a, against character a bit. And then, so this I didn't know who this was at the time. A guy with one eye, one robot eye, and one normal eye turns up. Um, his name's Lawrence Dobson. Hmm. And since reading, he, he's after Mao. He's he wants to kill Mao, and I didn't know why. And, and then I read up on it, and he is the guy from the pilot that is the Alliance mole. Yeah, the one that they. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mao shoots him. I couldn't remember, but I think he shoots him in the head or the eye, basically. Oh. And then they chuck him out of the hmm. spaceship. Well, he's actually still alive, and he's back and obsessed with trying to get Mao. Badger tips off the crew about uh, the crew about this job. They say go to this planet and there's some money buried here. You'll be able to get it. But Inara basically wants to be dropped off on the way. She wants to go and she wants to get off the boat and live in this 
other city. Mao refuses to do it. He wants to put the job first. So there's this this whole Mao and Inara thing still going on. The kind of main points of it is because what I was wondering from the film is why is Shepard not on the ship and why is Inara not on the ship? And it's, you sort of get the Inara through the series at the end of the show. So she says, "I'm leaving. I can't." Be on the ship anymore, but Shepard. That was when I watched the film. I was pretty surprised it was on that ship. On yeah. the ship, I'll, I'll answer that then because that's maybe he basically says to Mal, "You've promised Inara that you'll drop her off and let her go. Mm. Do it." And Shepard says, says to him like that, "You gave her your word." And Mal says, "My word means the same as what you preach." And you kind of go went against your preachings because you helped us by stealing a vehicle. So he sort of mocks him and, and um, challenges him a bit. Shepard punches Mao, and then at the end of the episode, sorry, at the end of the comic, he goes in to talk to Mao and says, "Like I need to get off the ship because you're turning me into someone that I don't want to be. Like he's stolen a vehicle to help him escape. He's punched him, so that's why, basically. Okay, okay. He feels that he can't be on that ship anymore. Yeah, so I thought I thought that was interesting. It doesn't add a ton of story between the two because I think it's only six months between. So it's okay. just one. Oh, it's right. a couple of jobs, but mm. well, it's good to have that little that little bridge. Yeah, just connect up which we wouldn't have put in the little plot holes from the film. And it's quite well drawn. The characters really look like themselves. I'm not a massive comic book kind of graphic novel fan, but it helps if they actually look as you expect. You know, and it, and, it's, and it sounds the same, and the characters speak the same type of language. So would would these comic books have still happened had the series carried on? No, I guess not. I think all of that probably would have been in season two, or even the end of season one. If they if they say maybe there's going to be another, well, yeah, because I think six, seven, they had to because they obviously wanted to run for seven seasons. They had to trim that right down to a two hour movie, so that would have gone on for seven years. Oh, in fact, two hours it sort of had to go a lot quicker. Oh, okay. Mm. So the whole rest of the seasons were going to be what was in the movie. Um, well, so, they had to cut out a lot of it. Obviously, they couldn't. They couldn't put seven seasons worth of story. Yeah. That's why you lost um, Shepard's um, whole backstory. Yeah, you sort of lost the romance between uh, Mal and um, Inara. Um, you lost a lot of it. Would it have had a you know as big a following? Had it have carried on? Is it would it have stagnated into sort of something that's less popular and maybe it's sort of well, cut off in its prime and in a way it was possibly good for the. Well, I don't. I think Josh Whedon is creative enough, and to not let that happen, it didn't happen with um, Buffy. I don't think no. it didn't happen with Angel. So I think that he's a writer that, on creator, that wouldn't let a show like that become stagnant and boring mm. and repetitive, lose its way a bit. I don't. Think, yeah. It doesn't seem like the sort of yeah. Especially as if at the start he already had planned out for seven years, so he must in his head at least knew what was going to happen for seven years. He may not have had every episode down, but he had the sort of story arc for that seven years. Yeah, well, I'm just posing so, a question yeah. that it's... Mm. No, yeah, it could have... Yeah, you, just, you know, it's hard to say mm. in hindsight. It could, um, if the show had run for seven years, it could have been... It could have just fizzled out and mm. and nobody would really care about it nowadays. Well, he would have... If he had have continued it, he probably wouldn't have been on the Avengers. So then that could have... Well, what, I don't know what would have happened... With that, if that would have been put off, or whether it would just been directed by someone else, yeah. who would have not perhaps done as good a job? I think I, I th- that probably would have Avengers would have still happened because I think that was already in the pipeline yeah. in two thousand two. Because when was Avengers? When did that come out? Two thousand two thousand twelve. 
Oh, really? Wow. So that was... But they hadn't planned out because from when when did um, Iron Man come out? 2008. Oh, was that 2008? Was that yeah, only four know. years? I thought it was longer. So he probably wouldn't have been involved until 2011, 10 or something. Yeah. He? Did he make any shows after this? I can't remember what he... With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. he's involved well, in. He, he's, yeah, but that was after... Um, yeah, did he Marshall make anything between, between Firefly and... Serenity was his first feature. big, big uh, film. Shall I, while I was looking up, some of the cast had uh, shared their plans for future episodes if they'd have been given the chance. So Wash had the idea for an episode about a planet that is always day on one side and night on the other. And on one on the night side, Jane accidentally spills a type of pheromone on himself and the crew, which attracts a species of dogs. The crew are then chased back to the ship by these dogs. Their river uses her mind powers to domesticate them. Right. <laughs> it would have been interesting. <laughs> Sounds weird, but yeah. Adam Baldwin wanted an episode... Uh, here we go, we, we kind of spoke about this earlier. Uh, so, yeah, Jane wanted an, to make an episode in which Jane goes up against Mal as a captain of his own ship. Ah, okay. That would have been quite interesting. That would have been, would have been good. Between Firefly, he episode a couple of episodes of The Office. Yeah, he directed that episode of Glee. Oh, right. And... Um, then, this guy way back, he was one of the writers on Roseanne, but that was in back in 1989. Oh, right. So he's, he's had a long career. And then his, um, his first um, film was um, Serenity and then Avengers. Did he also write on Toy Story? Uh, I'm sure I read that earlier on and someone made the link because it's a cowboy and a, a right, space. He's, he's wrote, uh, yes, he was a writer on Toy Story. Uh, the film Buffy, he was a writer on. Twister, Alien Resurrection. Ah, oh, Twister. Titan A.E. He's done some good stuff then. Mm. This is this kind of goes back to where we were talking about it being a bit too dark. Right. You heard the Inara Shringe story. No, I haven't. Do you remember there being a Shringe in the pilot? Tim Minier, so one of the writers or the, the producers, actually said that they had plans that that Shringe um, was going to be infected with a deadly disease. And then later in the series, there was going to be an episode where she was gang raped by Reavers. So we discussed Reavers and we they're kind of like zombies. But because she injected herself, all of the Reavers die after they've kind of... Oh, that is pretty dark. That is pretty dark. And that Nowadays, makes me think, if Fox read that potential idea, could that can, have led to this? You can understand why maybe they uh, didn't want to carry on with the show, but I wonder how they would have filmed that. Yeah. They wouldn't have been able to... They wouldn't have... They would have just shown... But how would you have known that... Well, they would have obviously implied that... Because the show every so often did get a bit... Close to the mark. Some of the sex scenes, I thought, especially the one where Mal sleeps with the kind of the companion. I think he's friend, isn't it? Or Inara's. Yeah, Inara's friend. Yeah. I thought that the sex scene between them went on quite long and it was all a bit sort of slow mo and sweaty. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a few. Sweaty and hot. Were you getting too turned on? Were you no, like, not really, because it, it was like 80s style. Late night TV movie style, but I just yeah, it, I guess they could have got away with implying this whole rape thing, but it is a bit dark and, and does make you think. Did that lead to the, can, the cancellation? You're listening to the One Season Wonder podcast with Al, Jason, and Mike. Follow us on Twitter at One Season Wonder or email us at One Season Wonder at gmail.com. There's the episode. Which starts off with a um, dead body being brought on the ship, which is, which is somebody that Mao used to, or was one of Mao's, the person who um, reports to Mao. 
Um, Subservience? Yeah, one of his soldiers. Yeah. Like yeah. A sergeant, wasn't yeah. He? yeah, yeah. He's died and he's been brought on board and then he's asked him to take him home. Now, and then there's a letter that he's written. Oh, well, it's not a letter. There's a audio, is it audio that he uh, plays yeah. To, yeah. to Mal. Recording. Saying, which is a message saying, I hope you found my buddy. Please take me to my family. I find that quite sad, actually. You, know, you see, that's what I'm going to do. But uh, you start off and you, you don't know the character. Mm. You just know that he died and they're trying to take him home. You hear this message. Mm. And, it, you know, it's quite moving, that message. But then you find out throughout the episode that no, he's not dead. He's faked his death, and he sort of has a story arc. It's one episode where he's you find he's not the nice guy he's smuggling these um, body parts, but then he redeems himself at the end, and he then does die. Spoiler, sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, but then at the end, you hear that same message again, and exactly the same message. There's been no change to the audio or anything. Exactly the same, and I feel there's more effect hearing it after you've met this character you've seen his story you've seen him redeem himself mm-hmm. he's still dead at the start of the episode he was dead and you hear the same message and at the end of the message he's dead the only difference is you've now seen his life or a small chunk, chunk more, of, his life. more of his character so yeah. do you think they could have lost they could have got rid of that at the start no I think no, no, that proves that they've, they've used the same audio and it does work where oh the difference the difference from this character mm-hmm. this this, this um, the effect that this character's had on you as a viewer yeah because he is, a, although in, he's in the end, coming, yeah, he, as the episode progresses, he he isn't good. No, yeah, but then at the end he redeems himself at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting journey. I get what you're yeah. you saying. Like, yeah, the the way that something can change. Yeah, you change your feeling. Find. Okay, from a viewer, he, there's no been no change. That character was dead at the start and he's dead at the end. Yeah, but you you just have different feelings and thoughts on him at the end, beginning at the end. Did either of you notice this, that apparently there was a few um, shots or lines during the series that potentially showed that Inara had a terminal illness? And Marina Baccarin confirmed it at uh, a con, that she had a a terminal illness, there was going to be a subplot. I, I don't. Didn't, I didn't get any. No, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't no. pick up on that, but I'm, I tend not to be very good at picking up subtle, subtle things, things. <laughs> syringes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't remember seeing the syringe. I want to go back and watch <laughs> part of the episode. But yeah, that, that I mean, that must have been really subtle because I don't remember getting any hint of mm. she's ill in any <laughs> way. But um, and then just an, another little trivia: Joss Whedon actually said at a 2009 speech in Harvard. Uni that he um, he would have ne- he would never break up Zoe and Wash um, if the show hadn't been cancelled. So mm. if the show had continued, he'd have never broken them up. That's one couple that he'd never break up. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, they, they came across like a fairly strong. Yeah, because there was the episode where they were both being um, where Mao and Wash were being tortured, mm. and she says, "Make your choice. Which one of them do you want to save?" And straight away, without even. A second thing she chooses watch yeah. yeah should we talk about that episode because that that was actually really interesting that scene where they're being both being tortured hmm. and Mao is basically saying to Wash I could have slept with your wife before hmm. yeah um, it was kind of taunting him and, and was that I guess to keep him awake and keep him reacting is that what you took it as uh, yeah probably just to sort of keep him alert keep him keep his mind off of what's actually going on to um Focus his hate and um, the energy into Mal, yeah, not into being tortured. Mm. It was quite an interesting scene, mm. I thought. And, and Wash was put, giving it back, wasn't he? He was saying like, "You've always wanted her, and you don't respect us." And you, I think that was that where he revealed like, um, "You never wanted us to get married." 
kind of thing. Yes. Or I think Mal no, said yes. that to him. Mal said that to him, yeah, yeah. Because um, what's this something to him? Like, oh, she always does what you tell him, yeah. what, what she tells you to do. And he goes, no, no, um, there's one thing that she never, like, she never listened to me. I told her not to marry you. So I think, and, and just another little thing, just, uh, I know we were talking about the fans earlier. The, apparently the fan base called themselves brown coats. So we're officially brown coats now, I guess. Okay, do we get brown coat? I'll buy one if you like. <laughs> if any listeners want to send us a brown coat, <laughs> um, yeah. So they they basically used forums to try and save the series from being cancelled, which obviously mm. they didn't in the end. Mm. But they raised money to put an advert in Variety magazine. Uh, they did a postcard writing campaign to UPM. So while they were unsuccessful in finding another sh- um, network to to take the show, it did lead to uh, the release of the series on DVD. Mm. So that and shows, probably the movie as well. Well, yeah, and then it says, yeah, and ultimately... Universal bought. Yeah, they bought the rights. Bought the rights off of Fox, didn't they? Yeah. So I think those activities, they they also raised $14,000 to have the Firefly DVD put on every... Uh, sorry, on 250 US Navy ships for recreational viewing by their crews, which is interesting. It's quite yeah. a specific <laughs> thing to want to have. Hmm. I think Joss Whedon, the, the film's makers knew the power of the fans because apparently they held a lot of early screenings of the film really early um, to try and get a buzz going about it um, and it it wasn't as successful as they hoped it only uh, opened at number two hmm. uh, yeah. which I guess isn't bad but it, 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 it didn't would break better. even just break even financially yeah I think it only made, I think the budget was 40 million dollars and I think it made 40 million dollars yeah. pretty much in its initial release it's probably made a bit more now on DVDs but yes, now I heard I've not I don't know where I heard this but they were planning to do three movies really yeah mm. now um, I don't know how they would have done that with the plot of the film it does sort of round everything up. So whether they were halfway through production, they decided not against that, or it was to do with the financial success of the film, they decided not to. Yes, it would be difficult now, but I mean, I mean, they still could do it now. But I mean, all the actors and actresses are sort of tied into other other TV shows. Yeah, so it could be difficult. I kind of I can imagine that funding wouldn't be a problem for him now if he did want to do it, and then, um, yeah, I imagine it'd be one of those things that it would get approved. So it's just whether they can get the cast, whether they can get the story. They they have carried the story on in these comics, um, with all the changes that happened in the film, you know, still still existing. Do you think that ultimately Fox are kicking themselves for canceling the show and not pursuing it? I'd like to think they were, but. I don't even know if it's on their radar anymore. Unless they do see it as... Do they even care, yeah. Yeah, do they care? Do, are they just moving straight on to the next show and that's been 15 mm-hmm. years now, whatever it's been? Yeah. But um, Fox are in the process of bringing back shows. Yeah. They're bringing back um, Prison Break. Heroes Reborn. Yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Fox. Fox or not. But, yeah. And um, so there is, maybe, there is a slight possibility out there mm. that they may bring it back in some form or another. Probably won't. It's been so long, and all the characters and cast have moved on. Perhaps, but then Joss Whedon might not want to go with Fox if he. Yeah, yeah, because if he's been screwed once, he doesn't want to be. But then with things like Netflix, with Amazon, there's so many other options now. Yeah, but if um, well, I don't know who owns the TV rights because if Universal bought the rights, but only for the film, not for the TV show. True. I don't know how long rights stay with a specific company company if forever or any expire at some point well I'd definitely be interested in 
in it coming back and I, I imagine some of the I imagine the cast would be it'd just be trying to get everybody's schedules yeah sorted so to summarise uh, what did we all think of the show Al? I, I really enjoyed it I thought it had a lot of potential and I am quite disappointed that it did finish so soon but I think that in a way sort of helped its cult status absolutely yeah I also enjoyed it I wasn't quite sure I would as I was watching it I wasn't getting as hooked as I heard you guys were because you were ahead of me so I did feel a bit like I'd be the one that <laughs> the one that would sort of have a negative spin but then as, as the further it went on the, yeah, the, more, the, long, yeah, the, the more I try to watch the more you get into it and the more you start yeah, to love it you get into the characters you get into characters that actually you don't think you like I didn't really think I'd like the Doctor very much mm-hmm. at all and he, he grew on me and grew on me <laughs> to the point where now I'm, I'm reading the comics and, and liking the whole universe so yeah so yeah I'm definitely glad it was chosen for us to watch here yeah, I agree. I think it's one uh, really good uh, Jason, what did you think of it? Yeah, de- definitely uh, glad we watched it. Yeah, it definitely grew on me. And it was kind of cut off in its in its prime and at its peak. And as we kind of left everyone wanting more. Do you wish that you'd watched it when it first came out? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And probably would have re-watched it. Or I probably still will re-watch it at some point. But would it have been harder to watch it at the time and go through that whole experience of having it cancelled well because right. I have had that a lot with a lot of shows mm-hmm. get cancelled that you're really into some will discuss in later episodes yeah but um, on the one season wonder podcast I imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I imagine it's it's a lot easier isn't it when you go when you discover a show and it's already been cancelled yeah one yeah. that you're watching as it's on so yeah. you don't and you, you, you really get to it. expect more mm. uh, so what are we uh, rating out of 10 I would give it an 8 out of 10 solid 8 solid 8 solid there eight. was a little room for improvement here and there hmm. but um, very little yourself uh, mine I think I give it a 7 Ooh, I seven. think room for improvement but then I can't name those improvements I don't know what what could have been improved really um, well, the only things that I can think of that could improve it would be the longer run of the show see are we reviewing this show as as it is a 14 episode show yeah, Re- yeah we should really yeah. yeah so I'd give it a 9 just purely on the show itself just on the show itself I'd give it a 9 but it's hard to say 9 okay I'm sticking to <laughs> 9 I'm sticking to 9 it's hard to say but <laughs> well, I'll go in the middle then I'll say 8 I was going to say 8 anyway but um, it yeah, out. Eight, 8 out of 10 it's definitely I think we all recommend it mm. to anyone listening who hasn't seen it if you're this far and you haven't we're yeah. sorry we've probably spoiled a lot for you but <laughs> It's your own fault for not stopping and watching it. <laughs> yeah, why have you not watched it? What are you doing in your life? <laughs> <laughs> but we hope if you have listened to this, it's it's been entertaining if you know the show and it's maybe made you think, oh, well, I'll give that a watch if you haven't seen the show before. Uh, so what we're going to do, I think we're going to put up a new poll on Twitter uh, to give you a chance to vote for our next series. Maybe we'll all suggest one each. What, one now? each? Yeah. All right. Okay. So should we do that now? Yeah, okay. So what's your show, Al? I would say Taken. Steven Spielberg. Good choice. Taken. I think I did mention that earlier in the show, did I? I think so, yeah. yeah we go. That's why it's in my head. It's a one-season wonder, but it wasn't cancelled. It wasn't cancelled, but it was only ever going to run for one season. That's fine. That that suits our criteria. Mm-hmm. Okay, good choice. Well, I was going to say Daybreak, but only because, well, either you would say that, yeah. and that's how we spoke about that earlier, and it sounded interesting. So I'll, uh, I will say Daybreak. That's my choice. And Mike? I choose this TV show called Awake. 
Oh, I've heard of it. I've heard of it, yes. It's got Jason Isaacs in it. Mm. Do you want a little, uh, little brief synopsis? Well, we'll go over that in the episode, won't we? If, we, if it gets picked. Okay, yeah. <laughs> People won't know much about it. It's a sort of a psychological drama about a guy who's mm. in a coma. He wakes up and he's in his normal life. He goes to bed. As soon as he wakes up the next day, he's in a sort of alternate universe of his life. Of his, life. his family's different. It's really interesting, really good. Okay. Okay, so we've got Awake, we've got Daybreak, and we've got Taken, and we'll pick one more. Look at all, check Twitter, I'm sure. Check the Twitter page, at One Season Wonder, and uh, let us know what you want to hear. We'll see you on episode two. Not sure when that's going to be at the moment, but we'll see you then. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.